Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to a day two edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast coming to you from Big 12 Football Media Days in Arlington, Texas and AT&T Stadium where we're just wrapping up the second of two days uh, of Big 12 Football Media Days. Iowa State made its way to the various podiums today. We heard from Matt Campbell, Jalen Knoll, Gary Vaughn, TJ Tampa and Bo Freeler. Um, I am joined now by Randy Peterson, and Randy, I think for Iowa State, the most uh, germane part of the day was Matt Campbell's discussion or uh, answers to our questions about the gambling probe that the uh, Iowa Department of Criminal Investigations is undergoing, still actively pursuing, um, and its impact on the Iowa State football program. Campbell said a lot without saying much, which I think was to be expected. But I also think, you know, he definitely tried to spin it in a way that minimized its importance to his program and even tried to find a way where it could be a positive learning experience. But ultimately, we didn't get a lot of concrete answers, but I think Iowa State or Matt Campbell specifically is trying to not make a make this loom over the start of the season September 2nd which it will but I think what we heard from Matt Campbell is a kind of a downplaying of its impact yeah yeah exactly Travis um the the he used the word he's this is about the team aspect he used that word I don't know how many times today and and one of us it may have been me even asked him what would happen if players were not if if there were this was not resolved when Northern Iowa comes to Ames on September second? Would they play and risk forfeiture? Would they not play? And he said, and he said, think back to what we said about the team. He's doing the best for the team. Which I read that, and I'm 100 percent sure I'm right on that. Is that these if you're if you're suspected of gambling and there's no resolution yet, you ain't playing. Um, they're not going to risk forfeiting a game if Iowa State should happen to win one of those first two or three games. They're not. They're not going to. They're not going to forfeit that. So that's that's what he meant by the by using the phrase. This is about it, about the team. Team comes first. Um, so now, with that in mind. I think, like you, that he knows more than what he said. And he's got a pretty good idea of who's involved. And once practice starts in in earnest, whatever that is, August 1st, whenever that is, I know media day's on the 4th, and if nothing's been resolved, I would pretty much guarantee you that, the, that reserves at the positions of the players that are involved are going to be getting a lot of reps. More reps than than usual um, to start a season. 
Yeah, Campbell would not give a direct number of how many players are involved. He continued to use the word minimal. Um, he did say that they're essentially treating it like an injury. So it'll be interesting to see when they get to August 1st if they think a starter is going to miss one game, two game, three games or more, how does that impact how they get reps in fall camp? Um, obviously that's not the end-all be-all for the entire season, but it will be something that they'll have to manage. Um, I think in terms of timeline, again, I think I said this yesterday, I think the DCI is cognizant of the start of football season. It's not going to uh, – I wouldn't imagine it will dictate much of their investigation, but I think certainly they're aware that the public scrutiny or the public interest is only going to grow the closer we get to September 2nd, both in Ames and in Iowa City, um, regarding this. But, you know, when you try to untangle all of this stuff, it's really it's easy to see a situation in where this remains unresolved on September 2nd. And Randy, frankly, given what we saw from the NCAA last month in terms of lowering penalties, unresolved may be worse than whatever penalties these guys could eventually look at. And again, we don't know the specifics or could be, you know, because what we know is your run of the mill sports wagering is like unlikely to cost players more than 30% of the season, which is what three or four games in football. But if there's something additional to that, or this is not run of the mill wagering or low dollar amounts, it could be more. So we don't really know exactly what the stakes are here, but you know, hearing Campbell today, I think he certainly gave off the impression, you know, he called it a minor legal matter, which would again suggest to me that these are small dollar amounts, which would be small games missed. But we don't know. And that's why I think the timeline here is going to be very interesting to see unfold because if the NCAA doesn't have an answer by week six, that, that's probably worse than what some of these guys would have had if they would have just gotten a three-game penalty on August 1st. Yeah, and Campbell, Campbell said um, that the minimizing, the NCAA minimizing the rules, which I thought was kind of interesting what he said, was may have been the NCAA coming of age, um, realizing what's going on in the world around them, that this is going on every, a lot of places, and that it's legal in so many so many states, 36 or 38 or however many states, that um, the NCAA had to do something, and and and, and they did. They, like you said, they minimized some of the of the um, of the uh, potential penalties. And Campbell recognized that, which which I thought which I thought was was good. So maybe the NCAA is trying to change. In that in that respect, but once it get once this thing gets to the penalty phase, which meaning the NCAA penalty phase, this thing could take a long time because we know how long the NCAA takes. And I guess to put to talk about it, I guess almost in strictly football terms, Iowa State when they announced this in May said there was approximately 15 active student athletes involved. So let's assume that that number has not changed at 15. Campbell has said it's a minimal amount of Iowa State football players. We know it's not all. We know wrestling is involved. We know track and field was involved. So whatever that number is, it's less than 15. 
the way Campbell talked about it, I would imagine it is significantly less than 15, but who knows exactly what that number is. But that is not a crippling amount of players to be down in terms of your roster management. So now the question will be, who are the players involved? Are they key contributors at key spots across you know, both offense and defense? And obviously, Randy and I are both well aware of the speculation on names that is going on and the rumor mill. I don't think we'll probably get into that now. It'd be unfair to everybody involved. But if, if you're missing at this point, I don't think if you're an Iowa State fan, you certainly need to be worried about you know losing half your team to a three-game suspension. I think you do need to be worried about losing key players at key spots. And that's really, I think, now what this becomes about for Iowa State when we're talking about numbers. It's not, it's not how many, it's who. And you and I have talked about this between us throughout the day, that I think this could be, could be, underline the word could, could be a silver lining. I mean, it's, it's possible that this, all this gambling probe could have a silver lining because, like you pointed out to me, that... Hold on, I'm not taking credit for this take. But I did point, out, did point out, I pointed out some instances, I, but I am not, I, I am not taking credit for this take. No. But proceed. You, interu- you interrupted me. But as I was trying to say, um, yeah, you, you, you mentioned to me that, that, you know, we all thought Mike, or Mike, Warren. Mike Warren, yeah, duh. Mike Warren was going to be the Iowa State running back forever, and it was David Montgomery. We all thought Jirel was going to be the Iowa State running back. He certainly was recruited more heavily than Brees, but we all know how that turned out. And you want to go to the quarterback situation? I mean, Zeb started ahead of ahead of ahead of Brock until Brock until Campbell had seen enough um, uh, in the whatever the Oklahoma State game in 19, in 2018, and and Brock didn't give that position up at all the rest of the way his career. So we've seen adversity, perceived adversity kind of turn into positives so will this happen this time i don't have any idea but given the fact that iowa state was four and eight last year given the fact that campbell essentially blew up the offensive staff with a new line coach a new quarterback coach and oh by the way a new coordinator why not blow up some of the offensive players who have eligibility remaining i mean if if in fact that's needed it can it be any worse I, th- <laughs> I mean, it's all speculation right now. But sure I think, like, uh, to me, like, the baseline is you want as many options as possible. And you mentioned 4 and 80 a year ago. It's hard to see – trying to find ways to say this uh, gently – that any – there's two – sometimes adversity can make a team better, right? I don't think, as a general rule – losing players potentially starters and again we don't know but let's for the sake of speculation play a worst case scenario if you're losing starters at key positions that's generally bad for football teams can it ultimately turn out to be a good thing sure but it's usually not the place you would like to start a season when you were four and eight a year ago and picked to finish what 11th in the league this year 10th or 11th and uh you're coming off of really two disappointing seasons it's just it's a tough place to start a year however it ends up you're in a tough spot potentially yes 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 to everything you just said 
but how do we know that that backups at some positions where there were starters returning how do we know that those starters had locked starting roles we don't we don't we can assume that that there was a good chance that they did given the fact that Iowa State was given the fact that four and eight last year and why didn't these guys play last year but but I I don't know I I, I sense that I sense that yes Campbell has said it's minimal and he's saying that from the numbers perspective we still don't know we're all speculating on on what it could mean for a record but I would say even with backups at some positions perceived backups at some positions they're still looking at four and eight and that's with four and eight with a and Iowa State didn't have any gambling thing last year so we're still looking at four and eight I don't see anything I don't see how that improves I think you could make an argument that you know if you want to take Campbell at face value that the number is minimal and let's say it, it is a starter or two or three I think you could make an argument that that's less impactful than seeing the offensive line take a big step forward under Ryan Clanton, given how poorly that group has been. Like, the offensive line could be more determinative of Iowa State's success in 2023 than whoever is going to miss games because of the the gambling probe. Now, if there's offensive linemen involved in the gambling probe, that thesis gets a little more complicated. But you understand what I'm saying, that if that if the numbers are small – that that can be overcome but again my point would be it's not ideal place to start the year no i agree and let's go to the offensive line for a minute i mean he changed he changed offensive line coaches which was he had to and that position i don't care if you're coaching it that position cannot get any worse than it's been i mean i've got all line skills randy you okay then it can be better <laughs> then it can be better i mean we've heard you know maybe they've had a good game or two but but my gosh, um, I would have liked to have seen Hunter Deckers last year with an offensive line when he wasn't running for his life. And yeah, he threw ten interceptions, but he led the fourteen. Or okay, fourteen <laughs> to be exact. But, but who's counting? But who's counting? Okay, threw fourteen interceptions. I some of those were the result of he didn't have any time to throw to anybody, and. And I don't think he was. I don't know whether he was still really, what's the word, adept at tucking and running yet either. I, I thought he would be more so, but I don't know whether he is that. But so I want to see the offensive line improve. I do, and like you said, offensive line improvement could be the most impactful part. Of, will be the most impact impactive part of the of the team, regardless whether there's, regardless who's gone for a, a game or two for gambling it's the offensive line that's got to come through i mean they had to come through even before this gambling stuff was going on and and we haven't seen in the offensive line improve since essentially since campbell's been there i mean really we haven't and it's about time it starts improving and if it happens in year one of ryan clanton more power to it yeah, we didn't get to talk a whole ton of football today, some, and I think we're going to, you'll see that in the pages of the Des Moines Register on DesMoinesRegister.com in the days and hours ahead. Uh, but I think that's about all we've got here so far from uh, AT&T Stadium, Randy, unless you want to chime in on anything additionally. I'm just watching people play bags in front of me and, and uh, 
and Oklahoma athletic director Joe Castiglione holding court like he always does. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I got nothing more to add. Be sure to check out DesMoinsRegister.com for all of our coverage from Big 12 football media days. And certainly we will be doing everything we can to cover whatever twists and turns may be ahead uh, with the gambling probe for both Iowa and Iowa State as the football season closes in with camp getting ready to start here in just a couple weeks. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Podcast from the Des Moines Register. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.